you are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Go to Locker Room and download the app on your iOS device. It's changing the way we talk about sports. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Royals on Twitter at Locked On Royals. We're going to live tweet every single Royals game. And guess what, folks? The Royals, once again, meet expectations. I said Sunday, I just want them to get over this Tampa Bay series. Tampa Bay's a good team. They field well. They pitch well. They hit well. They hit timely. And we saw all of that in this series. And I said, just try not to get swept. That's the ask. And they didn't get swept. They won this last game of the series on Wednesday in dramatic fashion, in a fashion that reminisces the 2014 wild card. It was a ton of fun watching this team play uh, in certain spots. Of course, other spots, it was not that fun. Uh, there's a lot to get to. There's a mixed bag from this game where you can you can really take this game one way or the other. And the way that I want to take this first, um, well, I don't know how I take this first, but, but first, let's do the parallels of this game in, in 2014 because it was a lot of fun. So in both games, it was a 9-8 to eight Royals win. In both games, the Royals overcame a four-run deficit and Gerard Dyson pinch ran, stole second, and scored later on. And then, of course, Salvador Perez has the walk-off hit down the third baseline, even raises his hands the same way he did on that wild card, uh, wild card hit against Oakland. This was a fun back-and-forth game that had everything involved, and it had the emotions of baseball. It had the feel of, oh, goodness, they're, they're playing so bad, and oh, my gosh, they're playing so good. Oh, my gosh, they're playing so bad. Oh, my gosh, they just won the game. Like it had the ups and downs of a baseball game, and it had the feeling, right? You, you had the feeling of baseball again. You had, you had the want and desire to win, and, and you cared about this game, which is a good change of pace from where this team has been at in recent years. And you got your one win. You didn't get swept. A month ago, whenever we were previewing this season, I said, in April, you have to cash in. You have to get wins. Well, you lost your first series on April 21st. But you still won one game, stole a game, and now you head into a stretch where you should win every single game against Detroit, against Pittsburgh. You should dominate these next two opponents. If you are who you say you are, if you are a playoff team, if you are a borderline playoff team, you have to beat up on the weaker class of of the MLB, and you have to beat Detroit, you have to beat Pittsburgh. So this team has answered the call at every single turn. Now, the way they've gotten here at times has been up and down, has been uh, interesting, but they've gotten here. And that's the big deal is that they've gotten here. And in this game in particular, you can you can either go glass half full or glass half empty. It's all about your perspective. The, the only thing that I would say about this game uh, that's just an absolute guarantee is that you had to have it. And winning it like that was important, right? I said in the previous show, I don't care if you want to lose this game, but you have to have some momentum heading into this weekend. You cannot continue to play sloppy baseball, bad baseball, and then go into a must-win series with that kind of taste in your mouth. And they didn't do that. They were able to salvage the series. They had the massive walk-off 
And that kind of walk-off in dramatic fashion, that back-and-forth game, that overcoming a four-run deficit, that comeback, that's the kind of game that can spark a team. That's the kind of game that can spark a a stretch of games where you rip off five or six wins straight. And your schedule is allowing you to do that, by the way. Your schedule already allowed for you to rip off six straight games upcoming against, against Pittsburgh and against Detroit. But the win and the emotional side of things can lift you there as well. And so it just was a perfect storm of you got that emotional high right before your travel day to Detroit to go take on the lowly, the lowly Tigers. It'll be a big deal if you win this series, and you should win this series against Detroit. And if you don't win this series, it is an ultimate failure uh, for this team. I don't mean split. I mean win the series in general. I know it's on the road, but if you want to be that playoff team and you talk a big game, folks, I mean, at that, some point we have to believe them whenever they say the playoffs are the goal and they're a good team and Josh Dumont's telling you to give them another month and you'll buy into this team. But for me, I just want in a 75 to 81 ball club that's competitive whenever the Chiefs go to training camp. That's still what I want. That's still all I ask for. If they get there, I'm happy. Anything more than that is gravy. But for the, the playoff sake, you have to capitalize and stock wins up right here in this stretch of Detroit and Pittsburgh. So you're heading into a pivotal stretch coming up, and to get this emotional high is a big deal for that and, to, and for paying off and getting that payoff of getting those series wins coming up. So I think that in this game, there's so many storylines. There's Jacob Junis, and then there's Salvi, and there's Santana, and Solaire breaking out a bit. Can Solaire now uh, go and go on a tear a bit here? There's all those storylines. But the most important one is that in this game, you played sloppy baseball still. You had the blown save, you had the, the bad defensive moments, and you had balls passing by Salvi, and you had a couple errors in this game, and you had the bad base running mistakes, I and mean, you had Salvador Perez, who was supposed to be your leader, supposed to be your face of the franchise, supposed to be your everything. And I know it's unpopular to say anything even remotely negative about Salvi because in this market, you can't criticize anybody, but at some point... You have to have a voice that's genuine. And, and genuinely, Salvador Perez, I think, will admit this as well. Whenever you're the leader in face of the franchise, you cannot be just kind of walking around the base pass on a ball that's uncertain if it truly got out or not. You need to be standing on first base or running hard in the second. And he was doing none of those things. And so Rusty should have helped him out too on that. But I think it was clear to say to everybody that that ball was going to have the top of the wall and either hit the railing or didn't. And we're not sure. And so if you're not sure, you got to play it safe because in that moment, you weren't hitting well, you weren't playing good baseball, you weren't playing good defense, you weren't pitching well, you weren't hitting well, you weren't doing anything well. Like Nothing was going well for you in that moment of the Salvador Perez uh, base running mistake. And so at that point, you can't afford, you cannot afford another mental breakdown from your star player. Your star player has to be the one to set the tone, and you got to set the tone of, okay, I'm going to do everything the right way, and if I have to stay on first and then start my home run try, that's fine. If I stay on first and I didn't get a home run, then that's also fine because I'm still a base runner. I'm still alive here. I'm not dead in the water. But you could not be dead in the water as the leader of this team. That was not what this team needed. And the next at bat, you know, the next at bat, Solaire has a double. And so that double could have either put Salvi on third, or if Salvi ran out to a, to a double himself, it could have scored Salvi. So, like, that play was massive uh, for this team and could have, in a one-run game, been the difference. So, so Salvador Perez and Whit Merrifield, you're seeing mistakes from your key guys. The thing is, though, Right, while you're seeing mistakes from your key guys like Witt and like Salvi, and you're seeing two errors. Um, a lot of other players like Nicky Lopez are coming in huge for you, and so eventually the tides will turn and you'll get an all-around good game from Witt. And Salvi makes up for his mistake by hitting that uh, massive walk-off, and so on and so forth. To where eventually these things will correct themselves. Like eventually, 
what's happening here is you're getting your wet defensive slump in April. And so it's more glaring in April than if it was buried in on June 20th through June 30th. Like if that was his defensive slump, it'd be a bit buried down the news cycle a bit. But since we're all fresh and we're all engaged and we're all watching every single pitch of this season, it gets amplified a bit that wits being bad and the defense is being bad. Eventually these things are going to correct themselves. When you had the bobble by, by Kyle Isbell, who I've praised a ton, the bobble by Kyle Isbell, that, that cost you a run. Those little things get amplified in April. I think that what you have to realize is, and what everyone, and I'm saying you as a listener, but me, my, me as well, but everyone needs to take a step back and realize, okay, in general, do you trust Wet as a fielder? Yeah, I trust Wet. Do you trust Santana as a fielder? Yeah, I trust Santana. Do you trust Alberto as a fielder? Because he's made some mistakes too. Yeah, I trust him to be an average defender. If you trust all those factors, then you have to believe that this will correct itself. And you're going to ride the roller coaster and you're going to have high moments, you're going to have low moments, and this will all be smooth over eventually. And so we're just in a bad spot right now defensively. They'll get over it and then they'll play a lot better. Uh, this is not a case of what I think will be a recurring thing. Like I don't think what Merrifield will have a, a year-long slump defensively where he's making errors every single day. Uh, but if he does, that's going to be a big issue. But, but I don't think that. So a lot of this stuff is just kind of the time and place. And then... Also, not only is it April, but your mistakes get amplified whenever you play a team like Tampa Bay, who is an elite fielding team, never makes a mistake fielding, seems to be just perfect fielding, uh, and is great pitching, and they do all the little things right. So Tampa Bay, they don't overwhelm you with anything, right? They just pitch well, they field well, they have timely hitting, that's it. They do everything by the book, everything the right way, and it all adds up at the end to a win most more times than not. With They don't have that kind of bully trait. They just kind of do everything the right way, do it, do it, play the game the correct way, and then they get rewarded for it. And so whenever you're playing a team like that and you're the one making errors, it gets, it goes and gets amplified. Whereas if you played a team that was also making a couple mistakes in the field and you were getting the benefit of those mistakes, uh, then it kind of levels out and it feels better. For example, though, whenever you're making four errors a game, it feels like this series, and although you only made two last night, stay with me here, you're making four errors a game, but on the flip side of that coin, Hunter Dozier's being robbed of a hit every single at bat, it feels like, and you're, and you're seeing diving catches over here and backhands over there, and, and Dozier can't catch a break. He's hitting the ball hard, he's hitting the ball well, can't catch a break because the fielding's so good on the other side. That also amplifies. So everything just got so amplified this this weekend, I mean, this, this week uh, against Tampa Bay that I think we need to take a step back and just say, okay, you know what, wash your hands of it. That's a hell of a, of a team in Tampa Bay. You, you salvaged the, the series in terms of you staved off the split, you saved, saved off the sweep. And now you move on to what should be a, a stretch here where you rattle off five straight wins, six straight wins, and you move on about your day. Because if you take care of business and you rattle off those six straight wins, you'll be in first place a month into the year. After April, you'll still be in first place and you'll be having the franchise record of, of wins and you'll be in a great spot, even with this blip on the radar of this bad Tampa Bay series. But creating that energy and that walk-off is a big deal for the emotional side of this weekend. And it creates a better taste in your mouth moving forward to rip off those wins. We'll talk more about this game individually for players and for who was good, who was not so good, and all that kind of good stuff coming up. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Locker Room. Listen, folks, Locker Room is changing the way that we talk about sports. It is incredible. It is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with me and other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms on Locker Room for Locked On Royals once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation that you listen to right here every single day. 
Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join a conversation about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to the big news or rumors. You will have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on this very show, Locked On Royals podcast, throughout our Locker Room conversation. Be sure to join me this week on Locker Room. We'll be doing it on Thursday afternoon, so check that out. You can follow me on Locker Room at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Go download the app for free uh, on the Locker Room app store for the iOS devices only. Uh, currently only on iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, join the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL group, whatever group you love. Join it for the latest league updates and follow me over there at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S to be notified every single time that I go live. I know you will not want to miss it. I'm planning on being live again this week, Thursday afternoon. I cannot wait to hear from everybody and everybody's thoughts on the Royals. So see you there on Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. I'm going to tell you right now about our good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago. You probably couldn't even work the internet properly, right? Your phone would ring and the internet would stop working altogether. It was a total and absolute disaster, but you could have been going to Rock Auto for all the parts your car will ever need. My favorite part about rockauto.com is that I know nothing about cars, nothing whatsoever, but I don't have to know anything about cars. All I have to do is put my make, my model, my year into their database, and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way, I'm not wasting time, money, and resources on parts I cannot use, parts I do not need. That's rockauto.com for their amazing website and their amazing selection with their lively low prices of the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com, whenever you go there right now. So go to rockauto.com, whenever you go there, tell them that Lockdown sent you. And anyhow, did you hear about us box? And they'll know what to do from there. Rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices of the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. I want to thank right now about good friends over at the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast. Lockdown NFL Draft is covering the draft like never before. This year, the Lockdown uh, Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to bring you live coverage of the NFL Draft. Get insight and analysis of the Lockdown local experts and the Draft Network's regional experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page, the Locked On NFL YouTube page, to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft, April 29th through May 1st. That's live coverage of the NFL Draft, April 29th through May 1st. I'll be watching. I'll be hanging out in there. So go join it, Locked On NFL YouTube page. Check it out for all of your draft content and draft needs. Let's talk more about this game, though. The Royals got a huge win. And the first thing is, um, has the shoe dropped on Jacob Junis? He had a really bad first inning, just really bad, had some control issues. The Rays had hit him hard. The Rays hit him well, and they got four runs uh, in that first inning. And then Junis kind of settled in a bit, gave up, gave up another run uh, later on, five runs total for him, six hits total for him, three walks. Uh, Junis kind of showed you that he's a fifth starter. I mean, he's, he's a fifth starter type of guy. He's going to have moments where he's good, moments where he's bad, and everything in between. Um, he's had a great streak to start the year. And kind of got figured out a bit against Tampa Bay, who kind of just utilizes the stats and utilizes the scouting reports better than anybody else does. And so it's no surprise that they took advantage of uh, the Royals pitching over the last few days because they understand how to exploit pitchers better than anybody does. Uh, so Junis, you know, like I said in the preview, he's not a, a confirmed and he's not a firm fifth starter because at any given time he can have a bad spell where you'd rather have Chris Bubich or Daniel Lynch up later on in this season. So he'll be getting another start. He'll be given the chance, but all in all, he's not a guy that's going to prevent you from calling up a young arm whenever they're ready. And he got the sack fly that had the awful throw by Ben Attendee, and then the Salvador Press flipped to him to get the nice tag out, which was a lot of fun. 
Uh, of course, would rather have Benetini make a better throw, uh, but it did create a fun and a funny play uh, to have Judas get the tag out there. Uh, final line, though, again, five innings, six hits, five runs, three walks, three strikeouts. And just kind of a yawn thing if the home run to allow. No, no really, nothing right home about. And again, nothing really panic about because the Rays just kind of exploit him more than most teams will. And he was hit hard and hit well, and you still have these young arms to replace him with if he has another couple of bad starts. But, but you know, five runs in five innings, that, that's kind of a recipe to get you out of a game quickly, especially as he was laboring in the first couple of innings for a bullpen that was really gassed in this one. Uh, Stalmont comes in, he gives up a run. Jake Brintz was awesome in this game. Even though he gives, he gives up a run, they kind of pulled him you know, as soon as he had some trouble in that next inning that he went out in. Uh, he gave up that leadoff single and they just pulled him. Uh, I wanted to see him work through some things in that spot. But you pull him anyway, and Scott Barlow comes in, and Barlow blows a save anyway. So Barlow comes in, blows a save, but doesn't get the win on this bad night for pitching uh, because of the offense. So in this game, offensively, they had a lot of good standouts. I mean, as we talked about in the preview, Solaire was heating up, and, and you could see that he was going to break out of the slump, and then he finally did it. He had the single, he had the double, and then he had the home run. And he had another one that just just missed being a home run, just barely missed it. My only concern with Solaire is, you know, I think he's heating up. I think that he's on the brink uh, of really hitting well, but Comerica, if he, if he has a little bit of a bad results weekend in Comerica, not the end of the world. Cause it's a, it's a tough place to hit in Comerica park. Uh, just the process being there. is a big deal. And, and him hitting the ball hard still him, him just having some tough luck out still is a big deal. But I think that Solaire's on the brink of just on the verge of just having a massive, massive stretch of games where he just goes boom, 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 home runs, home runs, doubles, and really gets cooking here. Santana has the home run Hunter Dozier, has a home run, just a line drive home run. The, the funny thing about the Santana home run was that the home run distance was shorter than the flyout he had earlier in the game. Of course, Salvador Perez had that walk off like he was the, in the wildcard game. And he had that bad base running error that we talked about at the start of the game that would have scored him on that double, uh, at the start of the podcast, but would have scored on that double by Jorge Soler. But the big thing is Nicky Lopez. Nicky Lopez continues to impress. And we were... All aboard last year, at this time last year, of the Nicky Lopez breakout season train. Like We, we even start, started the hashtag breakout Nicky Lopez. I think we're just a year too early. I think he's breaking out this year, which is a surprise to me because I had I had been totally out on him in spring training. He was terrible in spring training. But I think it was a wake-up call for him to get sent down. And it was kind of a wake-up call that this organization was no longer operating the way it used to. And we talked about that at the time. This organization made a statement by sending him down because uh, they wanted desperately to give him the job. I mean, desperately, the, the organization wanted to just gift Nicky Lopez the job and for them to not do that for them to send him down for the betterment of this team that was a big wake-up call to everybody fans media players everybody uh, and then of course the injury allows him to come back up and I think that that wake-up call really kicked him into gear some in this game he has the sack bunt that that really uh turns into a, a hit for him although I don't think they count it as a hit I think they just counted it as a feel a fielder's choice he has the RBI, he has the walk, he has the run scored. Uh, he was really good in this game, uh, and he continues to be kind of that timely hitter for you, which is very surprising and very useful on the bottom of your order. And I think it's time to start the hashtag vote Nikki trend worldwide. Whenever the, the all-star uh, ballots come out, which should be pretty quickly because the MLB does release them very early, it should be pretty quickly. Uh, we just stuffed the ballot boxes, just absolutely stuffed the ballot boxes with Nicky Lopez. Just Nicky Lopez, Nicky Lopez, Nicky Lopez, and get him into the All-Star game uh, in Omar Infante style. Just try to get him on that graphic for at least a couple weeks. You know, get, get Nicky Lopez for a couple weeks as the leader in the clubhouse. Hashtag vote Nicky uh, for this season. 
And then we got a huge, of course, the pinch run for Dyson and Dyson just steals the bases and gets the, gets the run in. And Dyson has, uh, they mentioned on the broadcast, but Dyson pinch running for Michael A. Taylor is hilarious because it, it doesn't feel like that much of an upgrade, but then he realizes that Dyson's just an awesome base stealer. Uh, he has the stolen base. He has the run scored. He has the kind of the 2014 feel about him. And he has that amazing um, play that just kind of reminds you of what this is all for. And, and this game felt very much like 2014, 2015. More so 2014. 2014, he played a lot of bad baseball. For the majority of this game, he played bad baseball. But then you just somehow found a way. You found a way to win. And, and, and that's what young teams do that are on the brink of being really good. They find ways to win. They start to turn the corner. And this team's starting to do that. But there was an, a storyline from this game that I do not want to go under the radar. I do not want to be swept under the rug. It's a big deal to me. And we'll talk about that coming up. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. While football's over, you can still bet on the NFL draft, so go bet over there at BetOnline.ag. You can also bet on baseball, NBA, NHL, all that fun stuff, but it does not stop at sports. It does not at all stop at, stop at sports. You can bet on awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time, updated odds, and prop bets on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered from the news to scores to odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up, so head over to their website or use your remote device to sign up today for a free account. And whenever you do, you will receive that 50% welcome bonus by using our promo code locked on. So that's promo code locked on at betonline.ag. Promo code locked on betonline.ag, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. I also want to tell you about our good friends over at 1010. This is an exclusive collection of 10 one of a kind diamond rings. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings. Designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy to their life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light to her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNow.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality fine jewelry, that will surprise and delight at fairly price points. So you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They will not be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com, searching the words 10 by 10 for this very special very unique and awesome ring, bluenow.com, 1010. I'm going to tell you right now about good friends over at the Locked On NFL Ultimate Mock Draft. Listen, folks, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening right now. It features analysis from NFL experts such as Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, Brian Baldinger, our top experts for every single team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcast from. Odyssey is your audio home for all of the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Check it out, odyssey.com. So the underrated storyline that I think should not go under the radar is Alberto. Hansler Alberto was awesome. The pinch hit, the triple, um, it was awesome to, to watch him work in this game and the energy he provides. I think that in a vacuum, if you compare Alberto to Franco, Michael Franco, there's a case to be made to, to go with Michael Franco, the player. But what is the intangible and what is needed for this specific team is Alberto. 
because of his defensive versatility and because of his energy. The energy levels that Alberto provides and the spark that he provides is something that you need in the midst of a 162-game season and a grind of this season. Although maybe individually, Franco might be the better player, Alberto with his defensive versatility and his ability to impact the game in multiple ways and the energy levels, that's what this team needs and that's what won this team games and that is what happened yesterday. And you can talk about the, the run to home and, and getting gunned down on that on that ground out by Whit Merrifield and then Santana hits a home run. That didn't cost you a run because if Alberto does not run home there, they're going to throw out Whit Merrifield. So you're still only going to have one base runner on base for that Santana home run. And Santana hit the home run anyway and away we go. Uh, for me, you know, you know, he kind of knew that Alberto did not have the wheels to score there. So I would have just kept him at third just in case Santana hits a single, not a home run. But you know, no harm, no foul because of the home run. Santana makes things go away with that home run. But the energy level and the celebration level and and what Alberto means to the clubhouse is a big deal. The beat the streak pick for me was Solaire. Solaire goes, uh, what, three for four? Really good night. The bet of the day was KC plus one and a half. KC cashed that in. And the star of the game was Jorge Solaire for breaking out of that kind of slump to start the season and really getting going here and breaking through, which we knew was he was on the cusp of doing. So tomorrow we will preview this important series with the Detroit Tigers and talk about why Kansas City has to win this series even more. We'll talk about all that coming up on tomorrow's show. So until then, be good and be good to one another. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, baby. We're where you want to be. Baseball with the Royals. If you want to be having a great time. Loving the fun. You want to see all of the excitement. This is the place and we're the one. If you want to be yelling like crazy. Or the guys you love to see. Come on out and join us, this is the place you want to be, we're where you want to be, baseball with the Royals.